Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Come now, let us reason together. This phrase uh, comes um, as uh, the conclusion after evidence has been presented. Uh, almost the setting of the chapter 1 is almost has the air and the vocabulary in Hebrew of, of a courtroom. Uh, it, it's an, almost an equivalent to let's make a plea deal given how bad things are for you. And the reason, I'm, just, I'm, I'm sure you just heard, is that God has just spoken through Isaiah, uh, informing his people that the one thing that they were doing that they thought was pleasing to God is in fact not pleasing to him, right? Um, And the situation is so bad that the address begins, listen, you rulers of Sodom, you leaders of Gomorrah. But it's not Sodom and Gomorrah being addressed, it's Israel. But they've become so wicked that God is referring to them by the wickedest name the Old Testament knows, right? Sodom and Gomorrah. But the one thing that the people were doing, which actually they thought was sort of getting them off the hook, was, was, had in fact become abominable to the Lord, and that's the sacrificial system of the temple, right? Which God himself instituted. When he instituted the sacrifices in Exodus and Leviticus, he says very clearly, "This this is a pleasing aroma to him. It was a good thing, but it's become corrupted and broken and no longer pleasing to him because of how the Israelites are using it in this moment in their history, which is they've mechanized it in their own mind. This idea of, well, you know, we are the special people. We have these special rituals that, that appease God. So we can do whatever we like and then just go sacrifice a bull and then it's all better, right? And this is a temptation we see the people of God fall into century after century, even in the New Covenant, to mechanize, especially those of us like Anglicans, who recognize the real gifts God has given us in the sacraments. They're good things, just like the Old Covenant sacrificial system was a good thing. But when it becomes mechanized in the sense of, um, oh, because I showed up to church on Sunday, because I went to the Eucharist, well, hey, uh, you know, I got the I got I got the get out of jail free card. Uh, it's the whole like, you know, the caricature of the sort of you know get drunk on Friday, go to confession on Saturday. To mechanize the good gifts of God in this way, not only renders the good gifts moot, it actually is worse than that. God describes His own sacrificial system as a vanity and an abomination, an abomination. We see here prophesied even under the terms of the Old Covenant that God's always been cardinally interested in the faith of the heart of the individual, participating in good faith in true worship, never just outward details of worship. God actually says to Isaiah, I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly, right? Because when they're made into an alloy like that. Solemn assembly is rendered worse than meaningless if it's been mechanized and it's just being running cover for wickedness. And that's what we see that the people of Israel has done. They've been 
called out for flagrant sin, um, inventing evil, and in particular, um, sins of omission, which are striking, that you failed to correct the oppression of the orphan. Right? That's striking. So the people of God have been called out. We have um, seven verses of sort of legal call-out. Uh, to put it mildly, they're in trouble. And so they're offered this plea. You know, think about in today's sort of language, like you know, either a call to arbitration or out-of-court settlement, which would be most welcome, right? If you've been called Sodom by God Almighty, and there's a sense, okay, now I'm going to offer you a plea, you'd be like, okay, whatever it is, you know, that's what I will take. And it begins, though your sins are like scarlet, and scarlet was like the sharpie of the ancient world. It was a dye that you could never get out. Once it's touched fabric, it's never getting out. Though your sins are like scarlet, and they are. And so we're kind of waiting for the next line, like, how bad is it? What's it going to cost? They shall be white as snow. Right? We're not 18 verses into Isaiah, and the gospel is being prophesied. Right? There's not, and you're going to do a thousand years in exile and millions of years in some imagined purgatories. No, though, though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And it, it's so jarring that it gets repeated because it's like, wait, wait, surely, in you know, that classic movie trope, like, surely I heard that wrong. No. Totally unexpected. And it's repeated in a different figure. Though your sins are red like crimson, crimson the color of blood, kind of an overtone of like blood guilt. Though your sins are crimson, they should become like wool. Like that pure product of sheep, you know, white and innocent. So the deal is fabulous in its largesse, right? It's just, I will forgive your sins. And we didn't see this coming from, in light of how severe the condemnation was in the eight verses leading up to it. This is the deal of the gospel, that Jews would have to wait 700 more years from the time it left Isaiah's lips until Christ came. But now is always on offer in Christ Jesus, that we get what we don't deserve, right? I mean, we're heading into the season where all the liturgical readings for the next five weeks are going to be on the theme of the second coming. And it's dreadful sounding. I mean, we just heard in Second Thessalonians, away from the presence of God. I mean, these scary images. That's what we would deserve. That's what Sodom and Gomorrah deserved. That's what we've been called by virtue of our sins as part of the people of God. But we don't get what we deserve because Christ died on our behalf. This is the gospel prophesied by Isaiah. So what do we have to do? According to Isaiah, and according to the Spirit of God, literally just desire to receive it. That's what we see in verse 19. If you are willing and obedient. If you're willing, if this is what you want, if you want to have your sins washed away, just decide. If you want mercy, just ask for mercy. Just ask for it. And even though you're obedient there is a, could be potentially misleading, I hope you've all heard uh, the, um, preached or taught before that you know, Hebrew doesn't know two different words for listen and obey. They're just conjoined. There's only one word, and so you have to kind of interpret by context. But it's because they're shadowed with the same. In the ancient world, if you'd really heard someone, you heeded it. They didn't have a bifurcation like we do. So when it says, if you're willing and obedient, you could also translate it, if you are willing and listen. A perfectly good translation. Because it's not, it's not saying, if you're willing, and you just never make that mistake again, right? That's what we, 
a Pharisee system we'd like to hear it as. More, more rightly, it's if you're willing, if this is what you want, and you hear this message, and you really receive it, then sure, your crimson, your scarlet sins will be washed white as snow. In New Covenant language, Isaiah is just saying, repent and believe the gospel. It always remains a, a deal too good to be true. Uh, that's not the right phrase. It sounds like it should be too good to be true. And so the temptation, especially for Christians who've been following the Lord a long time, is to sort of want in our own minds to kind of get beyond like the free gift and to construct some system of, ah, yes, but, but now I can really earn my credibility before God by doing X, Y, or Z. And the Bible would always chop that down. Just like we heard, even though it was technically the wrong gospel still, we can link it, no worries. <laughs> even though we heard, um, what we heard in what was in the Spirit's mind, the right gospel for us to hear today, right? It's not the one who, I tithe all that I get and I fast twice a week. No, it's always the one who just beats his breast. God be merciful to me, a sinner. The, what goes home, justified, right? Accounted righteous before the living God. Who, in other words, had sins that were crimson, so we're scarlet, washed, white as snow. And of course, true belief produces action. But it's the log- getting the logical priority of that straight is crucial to participating in Christ. Action merely follows true belief. The, um, the gospel that was appointed for today is um, the story of Zacchaeus. Um, and the story of Zacchaeus notably doesn't end with Zacchaeus repenting and saying, Oh, I'm so thankful to be forgiven, and I'm just going to keep all my money that I stole. Right? He'd be like, wait, I think, you know, he hasn't maybe fully grasped that he's been forgiven if his instinct is still just to keep all the pocketed stolen cash. Right? If he was truly repentant and had received the free gift of grace by instinct of grace, it's, oh, yeah, no, I don't need to give back what I stole. We see true belief vindicated by its subsequent actions. So there's great comfort for us from the Spirit of God through Isaiah this morning. Um, even when we've made a mockery of God, and I've done it, I'm ashamed to say, where I thought, well, I've, I've gone to Eucharist every Sunday. You know, like, I'm sure everything's going to be fine. Like, as if there's some, as if the true and living God were like the fake gods that made up religions that just need some appeasing action. Oh, and I can just kind of, you know, get out of jail free doesn't work that way. He wants our hearts. But even if we have mechanized religion and sort of thought to ourselves that, well, we've got the get-out-of-jail-free card, even then, even if our sins are so horrible that to be called Sodom and Gomorrah is, you know, is the right description, even then, the offer is still the same. Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow because Christ Jesus' blood was shed on our behalf. If you want it, if you want this mercy, if you don't want this mercy, then you won't get the mercy. If you want the mercy of God, then it's yours for free. All glory to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.